0: What's up, guys? Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Heart on the Mic. This is Ness, your host for this week's episode. And if you don't know already, Heart on the Mic is a podcast where we like to share about the challenges of our daily lives. And we truly love to bring on people who are open to sharing about situations that they've overcome and challenges that they continue to work through all with the intention to be relatable and to encourage our listeners to remember that everyone faces their own challenges. So as we get through our own challenges, to be mindful of those that we're interacting with and those that we're going through life with and to also remind ourselves that whatever we're going through doesn't define who we are and that we're more than conquerors and we can overcome situations that feel like they are impossible to overcome. So today we're finishing up part two of our interview with my close friend, Cheryl Nguyen. So here we go. Back to you. This uh, I'm having so much fun. <laughs> we always talk so much, Vanessa. We love um, each other. I know, like you're just saying, well, I can be that way, <laughs> that you don't let many sway your values and things like that. But what as a person do you feel obligated to do in this life?
1: Oh man, Vanessa. Is that too full? That must <laughs> so <too> be. <laughs> what am all I needed to do? I am obligated to connect people to what they've forgotten that mm-hmm. their ancestors, our ancestors, have always done. Which was if you think about it, and, and this is and this is not trying to get into like political anything, but it's more so of like watching the climate. Of how these big corporations are slowly suffocating you and they and and the big reason why foxy pot has stopped selling plants and has gone towards like a more informative
0: you know direction is because i've been watching the
1: climate and i'm not happy with it
0: we'll share about that too about the change in foxy pot because i know because i'm your friend but share oh. the reason behind that change of uh, shipping to teaching oh yeah so shipping okay so foxy pot when I first started what is foxy pot
1: foxy pot is a brand that is really near and dear to my heart I want everyone to grow their own plants if you're listening to this go out right now and get you a plant I want you to be a plant mom or dad enter plant parenthood it's such a great teaching tool nature is such a great teaching tool so I think that it evolved from just like oh look at this pretty plant to wow this is a really deep subject how do I harness the power of this and turn it into a brand that can really reach people at every level wherever they are being you know people get into it for growing their own food or you know for like landscaping to beautify their homes design and then also for therapy mm-hmm. and so it encompasses every range of humanity Everybody, I mean, nature is where we get everything from water, air, food, supplies, everything goes back to that. So, how do you connect people to what they've forgotten? Because if you look at the climate, a lot of people don't know how to, where their food comes from. Mm-hmm. We just kind of go to the grocery store and we think that's okay. Well, the problem with I that think is that's a good sale, <laughs> that's a good sale, exactly. But the problem is. There's, it's the climate is changing, in, and I'm, when I say climate, I mean the economy, the mm-hmm. shift in paradigm for like agriculture. There's a lot of viruses, like foodborne viruses, mm-hmm. like E. coli, and like there's even like a chicken virus right now um, that's probably not being talked about. It's not of being coronavirus. about. It's not. And and, and and there's even a plague in Africa that's eating everything, like locusts. Mm-hmm. And and people don't think that... It's very easy to look it over because it's such a huge problem. And that's the thing is, everything that we go through as a society, if you look at it on a, the scale that it is, it is so huge. It's easy to just turn away, close your app, and go on Amazon and buy whatever you want to buy
0: because it's so big that you get Get it your mind doesn't know how to tackle that get what you want shipped from a different country if that country can't give it to you and
1: that's exactly another problem is a lot of our produce is imported exported so who knows how fresh it is who knows how they grow it china bleaches your garlic by the time you get your garlic it's been bleached and that bleach and they water it with sewage raw human sewage You don't know where these people are, you know, growing it. You don't know the environments they have. it. You don't know how they're handling themselves. You don't know if those people are sick and contaminating your food. So it's like for me, the best way to deal with like the whole conglomerate of major obstacles. I mean, and when I say major obstacles, like just read the news on like agriculture. Prices are rising for food. Um, We have a population of 8 billion people now. The U.S. government is asking, ordering farmers to downsize their livestock and their crops. For what reason? I don't want to get into that; it's political. But just know that there will be a food shortage in the next 20 years, where our children will see this as, you know, something that could have been mitigated if we really just sat down and thought, back to the basics. What do we do? So that's what Foxy Pot is now. Is it went from something as frivolous as, oh, look at these cute plants, which is great. I love that. To now it's like, w- we got to get down into people's psyche and say, take back the power that's in your hands. And really learn how to grow at least one crop. Mm-hmm. If you, you know, everyone can grow no matter where they are. You can grow on a balcony. You can grow indoors. So you have indoor lights. You can, you know, grow on a community garden plot. You can go out in your community and form like... You know something with your community where you can do like food trading and it's local Mm -hmm. it's fresh it's not imported you know you know where your food is coming from and you know that you can trust it and so i think that's a huge i mean you're gonna trust all these people from big farms that are potentially abusing your food there's so many issues with that right now even in australia They've had to demolish, and this was last week, they've had to demolish tens of thousands of strawberry crops because people, whoever they are, are putting, like, needles into the strawberries. So little children are popping strawberries in their mouths and they're getting a mouthful of razors and needles. It's happening all over Australia. And it's like people are sabotaging the food industry for whatever reason. So I think it's really important for me as a brand that encompasses nature to really kind of ingrain that back and weave it, kind of bring us back into that path of, like, we are our own power. We don't need to rely on some random farm in Germany or China or Mexico when you have your own community. knowledge, Yeah. And, and the funny thing is, like I was saying before, is your ancestors knew this stuff. They knew how to not even just grow plants, but they knew how to, they knew how to raise you know, livestock. They knew how to build their own houses. They knew how to collect their own water. They knew how to purify their own things and and to, you know, just work at that. That's so
0: true. I've never thought about that. Because at the end of the day, we all have a lineage to follow. Yeah. And all of our families have different trades that they came from. So if they didn't know how to build, they had somebody who knew how to build and trade. Things oh, yeah, with to get what they needed. Just like, look
1: into your lineage and see who in your, especially because you're Mexican mm-hmm. and, and Irish. Irish and Irish. Mm-hmm. Are you serious? You yeah. never know that? Yeah.
0: What? My mom's Irish. No
1: way. Yeah. Oh, but Mexicans, I always have appreciated their love for agriculture because Aztecs mm-hmm. were amazing. And I, I actually look at and we study their models. You know, and for whatever reason they they've disappeared, but they've left us with this really great piece of you know information on gardening. Mm-hmm. And they grew on the rivers and on ponds, so they basically just took all this dirt and created like pockets of like land on on the water, and they grew everything from corn to tomatoes to peppers to okra to sunflowers, and they really you know created a communal place where they can
0: grow and be. And thrive. And th- that's and what thrive. I was thinking for their food to thrive, yeah. their crops to thrive. Keep the cost down, and it's like, why aren't we doing this now? It's,
1: it's to me, it's like backwards. Like we live in a society where we can push a because button because
0: it's convenience. It's convenience. It's convenience. we don't have the time to garden, we don't have the time to do this or right. to do that, or even I feel like, oh, the weather's changing, I don't have the time to learn how to take care of my right, plants in right. the heat now, it's not winter anymore, like I can't just keep my door closed that's and true. the humidity to like, so it's, it, it comes with words. It, it does. Baby steps, I guess, Or like, I was watching your video, she has a YouTube channel, Fox, what is it, Foxy Fox? It's po- Foxy Pot. Just, just that's Foxy it, Pod. just Foxy yeah. Pot. Look subscribe. her up, subscribe, uh, her videos are short and sweet. I love them. I was watching Aww, one of your yeah. recent ones, and it inspired me to grow cucumbers. I haven't yet, so wow, maybe you can come you over and we, we we can do a video of you helping me start a little spot I on the patio. Are you kidding me? On the balcony, uh, and I think cucumbers is like the only like thing I was like prime eat. real estate right there. So that's prime real estate. Prime yeah. real estate. You can grow. <laughs> so
1: one of the things that I'm she's doing, looking at my balcony. I'm scheming already with Vanessa. Um, one of the things that I, you know, have always encouraged people to do is, even if they can't grow, because I know a lot of people, they can't, you know, gardens are a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Let's just face it. I've seen can, your
0: bag video. Yeah. That was cool, right? Yeah. That
1: was really cool. But it does take time. You have to water it twice a day. Prune it. go out. I'm, like, crazy with my plants. Like They're, like, my babies. So if you don't have time to do that, Um, At least plug into a community, you know. Maybe you could volunteer at your local garden. You know, a lot of people now are growing gardens in the community, so maybe if you don't have land. I know
0: at least Garden Grove, the city of Garden Grove has like a community garden. Yeah, over there by Garden Grove High School, Lincoln Ed. I seen one there. They started a few years ago. I don't know about HB. But that's, it's pretty interesting, you know, to be able to, if you have to make the time or the desire just to look into things like that and just learn a bit more instead of paying overpriced. For me, it's like just the cost of food and it's like, we're already being
1: taxed for everything. everything. You're being taxed for everything. And it's like, to me, it's like. I don't like feeling the government's or big corporations neck or foot on my neck. Mm-hmm. It really bothers me because I've been told what to do my whole life. And if I can jump through a loophole and like find freedom and be like, ha ha, no, <laughs> then that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. And so for me, it's, it's a little bit of that rebellious side of me where I'm like, you're not going to take control of me cuz I'm not that per- like you can't like I'm just so stubborn in my way and that the it was your question was like no one can tell you anything and it's because like again it's my upbringing um I don't want anyone telling me what to do like I like having my freedom at any cost. Like, I would die for it. I would fight for it, and I'm teaching my daughter, and she's so like me, Vanessa. <laughs> she will just go in the garden and do Her like, husband hey. one
0: day. Oh my gosh, I feel sorry for him. I awesome. lo- you know what, though? I love your dynamic with Mikey because you remind me so much of myself where I seen on your Q&A one time where someone's like, oh, your husband, how'd your husband get so lucky? You're like, no, how Aww. did I get so lucky? He's I the only Mikey. Right? <laughs> He's the only one that can rule me. Yeah. I need it, and I I love yeah, it or yeah. something like that and that's so true me and my sisters talk about it all the time where so it's like well, I'll probably get a whole <laughs> lot of backlash for this though. we're totally not feminist um, I'm not feminist either. when it comes to all that yeah. stuff we think it's like baloney and ham I think so too so when people want to talk to me about like feminism and girl power and stuff I don't even tap into those mm, conversations yeah. that's but right. but when it that's comes funny. to my husband I'm like he's the head of the household mm-hmm. what he says goes and I respect that and I'm like it. Go right ahead. Yeah, like, and a lot of people see that as outdated um, ways of thinking, and that you know, women can do everything on their own, and we can do things. We have power, and there's capabilities that we have as women that men don't. But I think. What attributes to my great respect for my husband as the head of household is him respecting my role as a woman, as a wife as well. And I can say that for you too. I know that Mikey 100% respects your hustle, supports you in all that you do, and, you know, paves the way for you to succeed as a wife and to not, like, tell you, oh, you can't do that. Who do you think you are? Take care of the house first. But yeah he feeds into you that that empowerment of like I believe in you ding my wife's kicking butt she's doing this like oh if more God. men were like that then women wouldn't have to feel like they have to um rise up and feel like rise so in. oppressed yeah. or whatever yeah. it and is that's that so they feel interesting <laughs> that, you said that because like but that was that stuck out to me about your dynamic with well, you
1: and I was really scared my whole life because I was always in like relationships I shouldn't have been in, mm-hmm. you know, being young, not having that model, my you know, my father kind of just being, just existing and, and you know, barking orders at the family. That's what I had to go by. Mm-hmm. So when I met Mikey, it was so different. Because mm-hmm. I was like, I never met anyone who, who just like let me be. And I would kind of push him to be like, I would be like extra one day and I'd be like, how come he's not pushing back? And Mikey was just like, whatever you're going through, like you have to go through it and mm. like, you're going to get to the other side. And that's when I was like, wow, he's not working against me. That's not something I was used to because I always had a to fight tooth and nail for like one inch of whatever yeah. I had. And so when, he, you know, he kind of was just like so supportive and he was so fluid with me, even in my mistakes, he just mm. let me make them. I thought that was so beautiful because
0: at the end of the day, like, he's a resource for me. That's so powerful. Yeah. He let you make them. He let me make them. To be supportive in the failures, I feel like, is something that's really big in a healthy marriage. Is to not put each other down, but to support and say, I'm here with you through it. I don't know how you feel or I don't know what you're going through. But I'm here with you. I'm here to get through it with you. Yeah. And uh, my husband and I were just talking about that the other night about just a whole lot of 10 years, 8 years ago How history stuff. How long have you guys stuff. been going on? I've known him since 2005. That's a long time. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's a long time. I've known him a while. Um, almost half my life, oh technically. My gosh. Yeah. That's so cool. So... It's just important that... It is. Well, our husbands are just the best. We <laughs> are. We got really blessed. We got really, really But blessed. I cut you off. What were you going to say when I brought up Mikey and just him? Oh. You said, oh, I'm glad you said that. And then I got excited about No, just, I'm
1: just <laughs> glad that you said that because, like, you know, we do have such a similar dynamic in our relationships. Like, we both... Our women who want something uh-huh. greater than ourselves and our men just kind of like let us mm. do that. So that's important. So
0: in a nutshell, just really support those that you love, guide them with nuggets that they can run with. Don't be so quick to say you're doing wrong. I don't agree with what you're doing, but then again, I strongly believe in better the wound of a friend than a kiss of oh, an yeah. enemy. Yeah. So just be be someone who's willing to provide support, who's willing to just guide and be a resource and love on people. I feel like that's just so important. And always just um, keep God's wisdom, number one, if you're a believer and you know the things of the Lord. Like I feel like that's just so important in relationships. Like you were saying, you felt so detached and that you didn't have what you needed growing up. And it's just as a mom now you pour all that into your daughter for never having that it's so beautiful i love it so i know you're a hustler wait two questions earlier (laughs) i was gonna ask you since you said about having to make your own way what was your first little hustle my first hustle oh my gosh since you said your parents didn't really give you money or allowance or whatever do you remember i
1: remember okay so the first hustle I ever had was I worked at the Dub Car Show. Do you know what that is? Oh, really? Is? I went yeah. to the Dub Show. You did? Yeah. So I would set there st- and I, I, like, used a fake ID and everything. But my friend worked there, so he's like, I'll get you in. And we would, like, set up when stages. When it was at the Anaheim
0: Stadium? Every- like, when you tour. Oh, yeah, tour. they
1: tour, yeah. Only on the West Coast, though. I never went to the East Coast to tour with them because it was just too much. But, like, setting up stages – for the Doug show so like maybe like the on the day of I would get up super early and we'd go and like we'd you know like watch all the cars being you know brought in and that triggered me I was like oh my gosh like at that time I didn't have a car I was super broke and I was just trying to like sustain myself because I was going from couch to couch to couch and that was a really hard part of my life because like I had like begged people to stay at their house and I'm like you're so like people would judge me like you're really smart why are you doing this but I couldn't tell them like my parents were this mm-hmm. because the last time I did that they would send me back to their parents house or they'd call the cops and be like or something would happen yeah and I would have to go You back. learned, yeah so I would, like protect myself not say anything and just kind of chuck it up eat it bite the bullet be homeless for a while I was like cool I just have to survive a couple years and figure this out so I would work at the duck show and we would set up stages and I would see like I remember Snoop Dogg would have, like, four bikes come in. And I would be like, why does this guy have four bikes? And then, you know, I'd see, like, celebrities coming in and, like, looking at the... Because they would always let the celebrities kind of do a walkthrough before yeah. everything. So that was my real first taste of, like, seeing success. Cool. And I was, like, 16. And I was like, wow, wow. Vita Guerra just walked in, or uh, Vita Guerra, Vita I don't know, the, the model, oh, Weta. Um, and, you know, she had, like, all this entourage, and then I saw, like, Usher and Fabulous and all these people, and, and I just thought to myself, like, they carry themselves so differently, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm over here, like, so insecure, and you can tell by my body language, like, I've always been kind of struggling with that, because, like, uh, with abuse and, like, um, you know, things like that. I've always been kicked down, so I've been struggling with that. So when I first noticed, like, celebrities walking in, I was like, wow, they have this aura about themselves that I want to emulate so badly. What is that? And um, so that was my first hustle, and I think that was an important hustle because I was exposed to a complete opposite side of the spectrum from what I was ever allowed to see. And I was exposed to... Like success, and the thing with me was like they're doing what they love to do. They're doing they're themselves. They mm-hmm. they're dressed, you know, celebrities dress very eccentric. They're they're very strange. I think all successful people are very strange. Weird. Yeah, very weird. But it was like that. Well, that's because we're both weird. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <a> high five. <laughs>
0: And, and that was my first hustle, but I think that was... So the way they carried themselves the they was carried interesting themselves, to yeah. you. And then all the, I mean, the material
1: stuff was really impressive too, because I was like, wow, look at all these cards. But the, and then when the actual show came, like I could, you know, we could walk around and like have fun. And I was like, the energy here. And six hours ago, this place was dead, dead. empty. Look what happened. Look at this volcanic energy in this room. And I remember thinking like, who did this? And I thought to myself, like I could do this, Hmm. and that's when, like, I started to click in my head, like I'm meant for something greater. I I can do this. This isn't my thing, Uh but this is their thing. I can channel this to something. I just didn't know what it was. So that was my first hustle, doing the dub show. The dub show.
0: Still, it's fun i love you classic cars. So you know i love i cars. know you do one day i'll have mine <laughs> my dad has a car that has given to my husband and i what? so i'm really excited it's That's in the shop so right cool. now but um yes yeah, super exciting time. but my real last question is what was it okay what has been your favorite gig so far or the most unexpected gig since you're a gig person and
1: just mm. always hustling My most, my funnest gig. You know what, Vanessa? You, you, like, gave me this question in the very beginning. Did I stump you? You did. And you know what my favorite one is? Okay, my favorite one was when I did a class, a succulent class, for these, like, four-year-olds. Aww. And we did, we, um, it was, like, for a program that I was doing my internship at in San Clemente and we were overlooking the ocean, it was so beautiful, and all these little, little minds came in their little hands, and and they were looking at me like, what do I do, and I was like, uh, okay, let me tell you. And when they were getting in the dirt, and they were so proud of themselves, like after they were done, and they were showing me like all their little, you know, planters, and they put like rocks and all these different little plastic animals in them, and they were so proud, and I thought to myself like, that's gonna impact them, in the future, and that's when I was like, "This is my favorite—like teaching, teaching them, guiding them, because they're gonna inherit this planet. Like we already messed it up enough. Like how can I kind of embrace the next generation and kind of course them into loving the planet as much as I do? When they didn't maybe grow up in the jungle like I did, how do you how do you connect that? So that was my kind of my favorite gig because it really opened my eyes. It made me sad for them." And it also made me very hopeful at the same time. And then it also made me realize, like, our window of opportunity is closing fast, quickly. And, you know, every year, I mean, just this year alone, in, like, the last eight months, it's been the Amazon's on fire, Australia's on fire, the locusts, you know, the rhino becoming extinct. Like, that to me, oh my god, like, when the rhino became extinct, Vanessa, when the Amazon was on fire, I literally literally like no one was home and i i I woke up and i saw my phone like the amazon was burning and i like lost it i freaking lost it like more than i've ever lost it in my life over like my friends passing away or my whoever passed away like i lost my mind i felt like something died in me like when the amazon burnt and i like cried out to god i was cried on the balcony for about 30 minutes just bawling and like i could feel like god was like weeping with me I felt that, and I was like, wow, it's so powerful that even now I'm like, I know that he loves his creation, and like, for us not to care enough to like, take that and be like, we can do this together, we can plant seeds, we can just throw them in the ground, we can grow, and we can like, help the animals that he loves and cares for, like, to me that was like, it's so simple, but it's so hard for people, like, how can I... How can I stand in the gap for that? Because everybody wants to be an entrepreneur. Everybody wants to make millions of dollars. Everybody wants to hustle and have all these like cool things and do all these cool things. But for me, it's like, how do I honor God in what I do? How do I honor the work of his hands through my hand? And growing this and being a voice for like the voiceless, which is nature. And she really is everything. She gives to us. She feeds us. She nurtures us. She lets us thrive, you know? she's such a part of our daily lives but we don't think about her or we don't think about how we're impacting it and you know and I think that that's kind of my whole life right now
0: is to be in collaboration yeah and teach about nature and the importance Mm -hmm. of literally what's around us what we're doing to affect it and to really learn so i'm really encouraged by you and what you're doing i love your videos and i'm just like you know what i never thought i could start a little garden but maybe i'm gonna grow some cucumber now or something but it's really encouraging i see you being a i don't know doing something i see you doing something educating Mm. the younger generation i feel like you would be doing great at it um and just making that impact in the closing, if you didn't know, as Cheryl said, the the rhino is extinct. I just learned something new right ah, now. So sad. Um, so sad. So that is pretty crazy because growing up in kindergarten, you learn all your little shapes and usually ours with the rhino. Yeah. So <laughs> that's it's what so I correlated sad. to since I'm always around kids. Um, but this is my friend Cheryl with the many hats okay. and um, I'm just so excited that we're able to talk honestly this was just an introduction is what it feels <laughs> like because we, we, didn't, even, on and yeah, long we long didn't even yeah I wouldn't even talk about day. what we planned we didn't really get into what I researched about so <laughs> hopefully we will definitely hit the mic yeah. together again yep, and do what we need to do but thank you for being on today yeah. this is heart on the mic Brought to you by the Exchange Project. Once again, this is Cheryl Nguyen. You can find her on um, YouTube at Foxy Pot. Do you want to tell them your Instagram handle in case sure. they want to find your it's, educational blogs and stuff? It's at Foxy
1: Pot. And I actually just released my first ebook today.
0: What? Yeah. And you're barely telling me this. We didn't have time. Oh my gosh, Vanessa, we can go on and on. Okay, we're going to talk about that once we get off wait no talk about your ebook real quick so the ebook is a 20 um, crop
1: guide for a survival garden it's a very thorough and simple educational guide that you can print out and keep in your garden and it really just helps you raise plants from seed to harvest to saving the seed for the next generation I think the reason why I created this survival pdf is because watching the climate and seeing that our resources are, are dwindling and we're very close to having a food crisis right now, and um, it's not talked about. But a lot of people who are in the circle are seeing that we need to be growing our own gardens and at least having a, a source in our local community that we can go to and you know trade off like uh, services. Maybe you know doing little things here and there and giving you know plants or vegetables to you guys. So it's just really important that we harness in on our local farmers and thank them and really get together with our community and start growing together that way we can kind of mitigate what's going to happen in the next five years so that's why i made the 20 um, survival crop pdf downloadable on my etsy shop and soon amazon and my website um but go ahead and download that it's ten dollars but if you use the code thank you then you get two dollars off i think everyone needs this pdf
0: where could we find the link to your Etsy? Or do we just go on Etsy and put Foxy Pot? You can just put Foxy Pot. I'll even uh, have a link in my... Uh, I'll
1: have a link on my Instagram. In on my Foxy
0: Pot or your yeah, personal? Yeah, Foxy Pot bio.
1: bio. So the link will be on my um, Instagram at Foxy Pot. Look in the bio and you'll be able to be directed there. You'll be able to download it and print it out yourselves. And it really is something that is so simple and that can guide you for many generations and it's really good for even children to do also it's that simple so go ahead and download that thank
0: you so much vanessa for having me all right guys that's a wrap once again heart on the mic i will see you next time Bye. bye